It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Masterplan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Masterplan. I'm an author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Now, last time we heard from e-commerce veteran Al Gary and learned about international marketplaces and course, the all critical returns strategies. It was a really interesting show full of lots of top tips. So go and have a listen to that one. But before you do that, you want to stick around for this episode. And I'm going to introduce you to today's guest in a minute or two. But first of all, if you'd like to join in the chat about what we were discussing in Al's episode, or anything else e-commerce, then please um, come and join in at the e-commerce master plan world Facebook group that you'll find via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook, or just search for it on Facebook, strangely enough. Now, today's guest has been introduced by Gia Wirtz, who is one of our past podcast guests. You may remember her as the founder of Studio 15, the fashion business, and you can hear her into in episode 69. But yet again, do not go and listen to that right now. Stick around and uh, let me introduce you to today's special guest. Liz Enton is the founder and CEO of Runway Passport. It's a fashion company connecting emerging designers with customers worldwide. They enable those customers to buy from designers that wouldn't otherwise be accessible. So from places as diverse as Addis Ababa in Ethiopia, Dakar in Senegal or Brooklyn, New York, Berlin, Dusseldorf and many more. They launched in 2016 and now represent over 60 fashion designers from all over the world. Hi, Liz. Hi. I've just given our listeners like the quickest overview of you, your business and what you're up to at the moment. But how did you get started off in e-commerce? Well, originally I had been a fashion stylist and assisting fashion stylists. Mm -hmm. And I took a little time off one month and went traveling. And I was in Thailand and noticed that there's a whole assortment of designers that are just overlooked. And the majority of fashion media covers designers from New York, London, Paris, and Milan. Mm -hmm. This was shortly after college. So I just decided to start a blog that covered fashion designers and fashion weeks around the world. It was a fun side project, but as time went on, I got more and more interested in it. And you know, I would get questions, where can I actually buy this designer? And the designer's main concern was growing their customer base. Mm -hmm. So I decided to really launch it into an e-commerce and focus on it full time. Oh, wow. So like a natural evolution from your blog. It was, yes. Wow. And how many years were you running the blog before you went e-commerce? It was about five years, but to be honest, it was a very much a side project because mm -hmm. styling and assisting stylists was pretty intensely full time. <laughs> I can imagine. So it was just, yes, it was just kind of a fun thing. I really didn't put in the full effort to it. And once, you know, I kind of just kind of hit me that that was really what I wanted to do and to grow it into a bigger business. Cool. So did you keep the name of the blog? So was the blog Runway Passport as well? Or did you come up with something Originally, new? it was Worldwide Fashion Week. And then I switched it to Runway Passport. And then, yeah, I kept the name Runway Passport. Oh, cool. Okay, well, look, yeah. before we dive into all manner of questions that I've got lined up for you, let's uh, let's just fill in the blanks and um, explain how the business is right now. So you are in America, aren't you? And as I said in the intro, you're selling literally to anybody all over the world. Is that right? 
Um, pretty much given, you know, sometimes there'll be specific issues where can't ship to certain countries, but as much as possible, we connect designers from around the world with customers around the world. Awesome. And uh, the product is anything fashion. So bags, shoes, clothing, accessories. Do you go as far as jewelry? We do go as far as jewelry and we also bring in beauty products. Okay, cool. And now what's the platform that you sell on? Are you a Shopify girl or a Magento or is it something bespoke? Actually, I'm really proud to mention my CTO. He's amazing and mm-hmm. he did custom. Oh, wow. And cool. He custom built it out, which has been wonderful. So thank you, Jerome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Jerome. Um, so mm-hmm. you've got a, a CTO. Who else is on your team? It is pretty much myself and my CTO. We do get contributors and I have a wonderful assistant, Fiona, who helps out. And the main team is myself and Jerome. Cool. And are you doing literally everything from product selection (laughs) to designer um, interactions to the content on the website? Picking, packing, and dispatching. Are you doing all of that yourselves? Um, not packing and dispatching. That it's dropship models, so the okay. designers do that. But I pretty much do everything else from the day-to-day management to the design and layout to adding an SEO. So, kind of learning a lot about many diverse things. It's intense, but it's fascinating and really I personally love just learning about every aspect of how you make an e-commerce business work and there's plenty to learn isn't there there is no (laughs) doubt even when you've outsourced the shipping to the to the um, designers there's still so much to do Uh, so still plenty of other stuff (laughs) so with everything that's going on and you've you've been going for just over a year now um what's the most awesome thing about runway passport for you Oh my God, just discovering these passionate designers. I mean, it's because we focus on emerging. Mm -hmm. It's so personal, the work they're doing. I mean, it's not when I'm talking to them, I'm not talking to a publicist and an assistant. I'm talking directly to the designer. And I think one of the most fascinating things to me is I see the collections and then I'll either have a call with the designer or end up meeting them and it's just I'm like oh it makes so much sense you're like that your collection is so you so there's this kind of amazing personalness to their collections that I love and they care so much because they're so hands-on and I find that very inspiring Mm -hmm. and so you're bringing that to the website that feeling I suppose is the aim I definitely am. And I think there's a really special feeling when you're a customer and when you're wearing a piece of clothing and it has such a strong story to it. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, because we're bringing the combination of travel and personalization. So it's that feeling of, say you're in a city, you know, you're traveling, let's say you're visiting Madrid or something and you find a little independent boutique and the the designer themselves owns the shop and it's their collection and you talk to them. And you wear that piece and it has another layer to it other than just a nice piece that fits you well. It also brings up memories and feelings of the city and feelings of an actual person that you interacted with. And I really think fashion is such a kind of personal communication between two people in that sense. And I really want to bring that to the site so and connect 
Have you heard of a lady called Mary Portis? I know she's very big in the UK, but I don't know if she kind of goes cross-border. I've heard the name, but I can't say I know exactly what she does. She's kind of like the retail high street TV guru. and Okay. Um, but she used to be visual merchandiser at, uh, I think it was Harvey Nichols, back in the 80s and 90s in London. Okay. Ridiculously talented lady. And I was at a talk she was giving a couple of weeks ago. And she was saying that we are moving from status symbols to status stories. And I, I think love that's, that. it's good, isn't it? And it's spot on for what you've just been describing about that personal connection to understanding the design, understanding mm-hmm. where it's come from, what inspired it. So you're not just saying, <laughs> look at my new Gucci bag. You're saying, look at my new bag and here's all about it. Yes, exactly. And I love that she said that. And I would agree because I think it brings a personal emotional feeling to what you wear to yourself as well as what you share with the world as opposed to kind of the showiness of a label. It's it touches into a more human emotional experience of our lives. Definitely. And do you do much to try and get that across on the website? Because I know that can be quite challenging. We do, and we're expanding it. We are going to be expanding some programs related to that over the next, I'd say, five to six months. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Are you able to tell us anything about what you're up to already or what's coming up? Anything you can let us know? Yes, I can definitely tell some. One thing we're doing that we're really excited about is we're rolling out a new program. It should be ready, I guess, in about in the fall, where individual people can apply to create their own boutique, not as designers, but as in selling. So they could make their own page, click and select their favorite designers and explain why and explain who they are. And then they would could share their page and get a percent of all of the sales from oh, their wow. page. And that just adds a double personalization. And, mm. you know, we're expanding just stuff with design and more videos, ideally from designers and personal stories. But I think bringing in that other layer, just it, I'm really about bringing it more to the people. I think there's a history of fashion where it's very exclusive and mm-hmm. everyone wears clothes. So I don't really <laughs> like the concept of it being exclusive and everyone should feel good where put it getting dressed in the morning and presenting themselves to the world. And so I really want to make it as fun and accessible as possible. And I think adding that layer it gives everyone a chance to participate. And that's really important to me. Whether you're an emerging designer or just someone who's like, I love clothes. How fun. I want to share this with my friends. And, you know, it's kind of bring everyone into part of the industry. They can also make a little bit of money doing that. I think that's so clever because it's, you know, when you get on, sometimes as, as a website that's, that's looking to do what you're doing, grows it becomes kind of like this amorphous department store and you've got to try and find a way of creating those stories that a physical department store manages to create you know those little yes. vignettes those little views that you see as you go around and I think that's that's going to be such a clever way to do it so you get those individual stylist individual persons edits within the largest shop I think that's genius thank you yeah we're really excited about it and I'm, I'm guessing when it comes to the marketing front, it's heavy on the social media and PR for you? Lots of social media, lots of collaborations. I'm really involved in some great entrepreneur groups such as Dreamers and Doers. And we 
are constantly cross-promoting and collaborating, and that has been really key, as well as, you know, the growth plan that I just mentioned and social media. But we're really taking a very sort of natural approach to it. Cool. I think partnerships is something I talk about a reasonable amount. I think it's something people find really challenging to get started with, you know, to find the right person to do that partnership with. Do you have any advice for anyone who's out there thinking that they like the idea of, you know, what they could do or how to approach somebody? Yeah. Um, for me, actually, it's been pretty easy to find partnerships. And I think that has been there, you know, I think maybe not approaching it so formally, but really everyone who's an entrepreneur is really excited about getting their idea out there. And I've noticed everyone really wants to help and it's a very collaborative mindset. So for me, I've taken a very, not even planned out this way, but it kind of naturally evolved (laughs) this way, a very personal approach. I, you know, spent a lot of time alone as an entrepreneur. So I got very involved in these groups and people would just naturally talk and talk about the challenges where we're at. And suddenly it would just kind of naturally come to life. Like, wow, I'm stuck with this and you're stuck with this. Let's help each other in this area. And why don't I cross promote this on my site for you and you cross promote this for me? And it evolved just very much speaking openly to people and forming friendships. And then, you know, I mean, I, I've noticed that even very quickly, this isn't, you know, six months of forming a friendship, then we say this, sometimes it will just be going to one event and we'll, or posting a question in our group on Facebook. And someone will say, Oh, I know about that. And it's just everyone really wants to collaborate because, you know, we're all really looking for a community. And I think entrepreneurs have a kind of mindset that understands each other in that we're very open people. And tend to like other people and like what they're doing and are excited about it. So I find that if it's, you know, obviously a match with your brand, people are really excited to collaborate. Cool. And so is, is most of the collaboration you're doing then about kind of cross promotion on websites? You're, or you, are you also doing uh, email and social media cross promotion as well? So far it's been websites, but we are looking to expand social media cross promotions. Oh, cool. Excellent. And then uh, you mentioned that about it being brand brand relevant. So are the people you're doing this with, are they also e-commerce businesses or are they just businesses who have a similar target market? Is there, you know, um, how do you decide who it's a yes with, I suppose is what similar, I'm asking. Similar target market. You know, I mean, it wouldn't make sense for me to cross promote with, say, like a, a startup about cars, you know, yeah. so... I'd say there's about twofold. There's ones that have a very similar target market in the sense that they are also in the fashion and accessory space. And I mean, those tend to have pretty obvious collaborations. And then there's ones that are, you know, in the entrepreneur space in general. And, you know, those tend to have a different type of collaboration, but good collaborations as well. You know, for example, I mean, our designers are entrepreneurs too. So that collaboration might take a different form where I send my designers their way for an interview or an article, and then they would do an article on my passport. I mean, so there's, 
you know, each one kind of takes its own form of collaboration. But I would say if I was to categorize, those are the two main categories of collaborations that have come up. And the, the heart of any of those collaborations is a good connection between you and the other person, that personal side of things. Definitely. Yes. It's interesting. I did a I did a interview on someone else's podcast earlier today, in fact, where I was asked about partnerships. And I, I was saying exactly the same as you, that it's it's about the person. And if they're a decent person, there's usually something that will work. But if they're not a decent person, even if they're the best possible company to partner with, it's probably not going to happen or it's all going to go horribly wrong. So it's about finding the right people. Mm. Very true. Yes. Also, what's on your radar? What's on the to-do list for the coming coming months? Other than, of course, the uh, the new um, editing area. Yeah, that's kind of our number one. But always, you know, getting our name out there more, expanding our social media. We're always excited to learn about new designers. I I get so excited seeing what someone's working on, and I love <laughs> to share that excitement. So, you know, I mean, I, I could go through a list of 500 things you know, <laughs> having a startup. But number one, I'd say, is expanding out that new program and refining our brand, you know, testing, looking through what we feel has worked on the site and what hasn't cleaning up some of the visuals that we've gotten feedback on and trying to really push ourselves to the next level, which involves, you know, nothing out of the ordinary, you know, which would involve traffic growth and more designers and learning even better ways to present our designers, which I think is kind of a daily process and daily growth process. So with that review and optimization, will you also be looking at what sort of products are selling and maybe slimming down or focusing the product range? Or are you still keen? Or is it, you know, at the moment, it's still a case of any designer you like the look of? The moment it's any designer we like the look of, because that's how we want to test the new Mm -hmm. program we're bringing on. But, you know, I think once that's on, we'll test if, you know, we're going to target and focus more on a certain type versus anyone who does really good stuff that is still emerging, which right now is what we're about because, you know, my concern of narrowing it down is my whole concept is about access and not exclusivity. So I wouldn't want it to go into then an exclusivity model. So it really would be a balance between that. But right now, I think really it's anyone who I think's doing a really good job with in the emerging space. So the, the optimization for the time being is focused on traffic and site and just let the product continue to evolve. Definitely, yes. I think a lot, a lot of people struggle with which of those three needs the optimization first. Because it's kind of mm-hmm. like three chickens and two eggs or something. Um, it doesn't quite make sense, but hopefully you all know what I'm, what I'm <laughs> I on about. Um, but it, it's kind of like the, oh, right, do we improve the website? Do we improve the traffic? Do we improve the product? I think the three kind of go hand in hand, though. I think as you improve, I guess probably improving the site would be number one in that because then you get more traffic as it looks better, as people are more willing to share, as you make sharing easier and more motivational to people, then you improve traffic. But it's not, it's a bit of a chicken and egg scenario, you know, and I don't think you can do one one, 100% without the other. 
No, know. and I, I think it helps when the strategy, you know, as you were saying, your strategy is it's about access. Therefore, the more design is the merrier. Therefore, Definitely. that takes product. Not, you go, right, product, we're going to not optimise basically for the time being, which can continue to grow. And then we can just get on with the traffic and we'll get on with getting the website right. Yes. Which makes a lot of sense. Okay, mm-hmm. right. I think it's time we move into the top tips round. Sounds good. Now, I love the top tips section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Liz, first up, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Okay, I know it's not the most innovative because people probably already know him, but I really love Seth Godin, books and blog, because it just, I find, keeps me very inspired and very on track. Because, I mean, I assume people are pretty familiar with him, but it's a reminder kind of about sticking with your heart and your vision. And to me, that's really important. Do you have one Seth thing that people should start with if they haven't dived in yet? Um, I love thinking out... I would probably start with if you're going to dive into a book, I really like Think Outside the Box. And otherwise, I would also start with his blog, which I know isn't a book, but it's a really good intro and will give you a feel for who he is. Cool. I'm really pleased you mentioned Seth because no one's mentioned him in ages on the podcast. Really? Oh my God, I would have thought everybody. Really? I thought you were going to be like, yeah, once again, but I I have to be genuine to who inspires me, so... No, we get uh, we get quite a lot of Michael Gerber. We get quite a lot of John Warlow and the automatic customer. But Seth Godin, I think I think you might be the first. I'm gonna have to go back and check, but um but I think you may well be the first. Certainly the first in twenty seventeen. Um, I'm glad to hear that. I literally thought you're gonna be like, okay, here we go again. But there he is. Seth's rolling it out do. again. Yes. <laughs> but I truly find him so inspiring and really keeps me on path and motivated he does have a book for every problem as well he does i find yes okay the traffic top tip then which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves i really say the involving of people other people you know of course everyone knows about the social media and you know which is very important but also saturated so i like finding very unique collaborations and exciting people in very personalized direct ways which I mean again I talked about it before Mm. but I really say number one is collaborations and bringing on a multi-level or I mean I wouldn't call exactly multi-level marketing but you know the platform we're bringing on that gets individuals really excited about your company and then rewarding them for sharing and how excited they are. And making them a part, making regular people a part of it. Cool. Okay. The tool top tip next then. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I don't have a super unique tool. I really like Hootsuite. You know, it just saves me time when I can sit down and focus on social media. I can sit and run it all out. But we don't have one specific brand new unique tool that I could be like this above all else but I like Hootsuite okay cool Hootsuite's a great great little uh, tool so we'll take that one um your 
startup top tip then. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? I would say start really small. Um, maybe take start it as a little Facebook shop or start it as, you know, just don't get custom. Don't get over excited about making it just right. Just start really small. I guess the typical MVP mentality, but that would be my number one tip. Cool. An MVP meaning minimal viable product. Yes. So you're, you're suggesting that so people get that little bit of feedback before they invest too much time, effort or money. Yes. Okay, cool. And I say that from personal experience. So <laughs> I definitely recommend it. Cool. Great advice. Well, Master Plan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Now, Liz, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and Runway Passport on the web and social media? Yes, our website is pretty easy to remember runwaypassport.com our social media our um tag is always runway passport so we're instagram's at runway passport facebook at runway passport so twitter at runway passport so it's pretty consistently runway passport Nice. Well, we'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, as you know, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Liz, thank you so much for being on the show today and being so generous sharing your experience with us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, what a fascinating story there from Liz. And uh, I think key, key things for me there are the importance of stories around your products and around the business. And I thought all her focus on getting people involved in an online business was really fascinating. The way she's building those partnerships and also that new platform she's building to enable other stylists and to get involved and create their own edits, their own kind of mini stores on the site. What did you think, though? Please do come along to Ecommerce Masterplan World on Facebook and join in the chat. You can find that via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook or just go onto Facebook and search for Ecommerce Masterplan World and you'll find us. It'd be lovely to have you there. As one of our subscribers, if you're enjoying the show, please do share it with your e-commerce friends. We're always looking to get a few more listeners so a few more people can benefit from the great information in these in these episodes. Uh, and if you really want to help, then uh, then go put a review on iTunes or something. Um, anyway, in the meantime, though, have a great week, all of you. And don't forget to keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.